right. All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And we're here to drop some sick beats. <laughs> That's what it, Sam said right before we hit record. And we're like, we're both like, what? Yeah. Like, two tired dads over 40. What the hell are we? We don't. I have no business to even say that, right? I just, I mean, I, I, I couldn't drop a sick beat if I wanted to. No, I mean, I could drop a sick beat, not a sick beat. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean, actually. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Awesome. Uh, I, you know, the funny thing is, is that um, some of the stuff that happens, you know, off mic, off camera, uh, it, you know, it, it tickles us. And, and maybe it would tickle our listeners. I don't know. But recently, as we've been running all of our tests, trying to, like, figure out why we can't get stuff to, to work properly for our, our yes. live Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, casting, which we wanted to do last week, uh, you know, Dennis was having me test stuff out. And so I just kind of fell back on like old improv stuff and just said whatever nonsense came into my head, which sure. is kind of where the let's drop sick beats thing came from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, we're here to thrill and excite you in ways that only <laughs> two right. tired dads in their That's our episode title. That's our episode title this week. <laughs> Dropping some sick beats. No, uh, we we are here. We're, we're kind of winging this week's episode. We're not doing a revisited episode this week. Uh, we're just talking about uh, we're a little over two weeks away when we're recording. Yeah. Uh, we we are we are 15 days away when this drops in two years. It's you know just a little bit shy of two weeks. So we just wanted to geek out, talk about uh, what we know. A couple, uh, a new teaser trailer dropped this week, uh, the Desert Storm teaser trailer, and just talk a little, just talk a little bit about that and stuff yeah. in that trailer and what it might mean. And yeah, like I said, just in general, geek out. Well, and you know, one of the things that I'll throw out there real quick is that we had discussed briefly doing our What Price Gloria Revisited uh, episode, but I felt like, and, and we didn't even really have to have a conversation about it, which, you know, we've been doing this for five years, so yeah. we, we kind of know each other when it comes to this. And and I felt like the explanation that we didn't give each other when we were talking about it is that if I were to talk about that episode right now, it would feel very self-referential in so much as I would keep pointing people back to our original episode because it's yes. such a loaded episode, especially contextualizing it in present mm-hmm. day that I felt like it would have been really hard without doing some work to try to do that 30 minutes or less and just stick to kind of like that, that review, like, is it Absolutely. good? Is it bad? Sort of stuff. And so, I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm okay with us not doing it right now. Um, go check I was out just, the old I, episode. Yeah, because <laughs> I was, we may link it in the show notes. Yeah, because I was thinking exactly that. Um, right? It, it, yeah, it would be very hard. It, yes, and I, and I had a thought, and then it just... <laughs> It just went out of my head just now. But yes, but like it was, I was thinking that exact same thing. We were texting each other back and forth. Uh, we were actually at the St. Louis Aquarium uh, when we were like, nice. like actually like talking about it today. I was like, yeah, I don't want to like sit down and watch the episode because we're having fun with the family. And uh, like I love watching the show. But I just don't want to have like the homework of like sitting down and like watching right. the episode or whatever. Um, at some point, I would love to revisit what Price Gloria like as a deep dive. Right. Yeah. Um and I want to go back and listen to the old episode before then, because uh, with every with all of the subjects, with all of the everything that that episode covers, we were just a few weeks into the Me Too movement, if I recall right. correctly. Yeah. Uh, and that colored a lot of our original conversation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, I, I thought that we, you know, we certainly 
there were some things that we touched on that I felt really good about. And looking back on, I'm, I'm happy with the way that we talked about certain aspects of the episode. In particular, one of the things that was kind of revelatory for me and, and, and led me to examining this even further in every, pretty much every episode after that, and I, I'm pretty sure that you, you brought it up, was the idea of how safe Samantha would be once Sam leapt out. You know, like, yes. was it yes. what happens to her after she gets back? And that, you know, really just spiraled me out to thinking about that for every episode. Another episode that pops into my head where we talked about this quite a bit was Freedom. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. spoilers, but, you know, the grandson comes back and his grandfather's already gone. Like, he doesn't get to share that final moment with him because Sam does it for him. And we certainly, mm-hmm. like, you know, we pulled all sorts of, like, you know, fan wank out and, 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 and our headcanon of, you know, whether or not... uh, uh when the, the leapy comes back, if, if there would be enough of like the, the Swiss cheesing, psycho synergizing type of stuff that they would have some of Sam's memories or whatever. But sure. for the viewer, for what we're presented, it raises a lot of uh, uh, interesting questions. And I felt like what price Gloria is, is a great example of that. And I, I was really glad in the initial episode, you know, when you brought that up because yeah, it, it's, and it's worth reexamining. There are some episodes that would be worth reexamining, you know, just with, with, with hindsight, with, with the experience that we have now, with where conversations have taken us compared to where they were at the time. I mean, my gosh, could you even imagine if we did Black on White on Fire again? Mm. You know, right. everything that we've learned yeah. over the past two years compared to when we initially mm-hmm. did that episode. Um, sure. It would be a very different, I think it would be a very different conversation. Absolutely. Not that I'm, I'm extremely proud of that, that episode, but y- you know, I, no, 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 for yeah. sure, yeah. But it was, yeah, it's 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 an ever evolving conversation. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about what price Gloria this last week too, because uh, someone on Twitter and I don't know the name, and I'm a, I'm not going to look them up because it turned into kind of a thorny situation. But someone on Twitter that we we mutually follow each other, um, they brought up that they were uncomfortable with a lot of older Scott Bakula fans just openly sexualizing Scott. Sure. In, and like what they say and what they post online. Yeah. And I remember when we were talking about what price Gloria in our, in our deep dive episode, our guest Claire Feeney, we, we were talking about a situation where uh, a, a real estate client of mine, because I was a real estate agent then, a real estate client of mine made some comment about how one of my colleagues was attractive and 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 how inappropriate that was. And I made some reference like well, we, we've been talking about how good Scott Bakula looks in this episode. Like what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And, and Claire and Claire drew the distinction that, well, he's an actor. He signed up for that. Mm. Uh, uh, to kind of be objectified in a way. And in light of that conversation that happened on Twitter this last week, I was just thinking about that. I was like, I don't, I agreed with it then, but I don't know if I agree with it now. Right. I mean, it's certainly realistic. Sure. That, Yes, absolutely. You're going to get objectified. Um, but is it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not it, articulating well, but I don't know. Like looking back, I don't know how well I agree with that opinion right now. And maybe it's not fair to bring up because, because Claire's not here. Obviously. <laughs> Claire can't but. defend herself. No, you know, well, I, I, I think it's valid. And, 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 and I'm going to. I really mean to do this innocently enough. This is not some master plan, but I'm going to kind of segue us into the new show a little bit with this because I Mm -hmm. I feel like I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking about how 
I'm basically crushing on the entire cast. Like, I just think that they seem like wonderful, lovely people, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously uh, attractive humans. But even beyond that, there's just something about them that I'm just like, I'm like, man, I can't wait to meet these guys. I cannot wait to meet mm-hmm. each and every one of them. And, 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 and there's something just so genuine and honest and attractive about each and every one of these members of the cast, you know, and in particular, I'm thinking of like Raymond and Caitlin and Mason, like I just, the three Mm -hmm. of them, I'm just kind of like, man, like I I can't wait. I think the distinction though, and the line in the sand that sort of of has to be drawn, it reminds me of Natalie Portman during the Star Wars films, in particular, the second uh, uh, prequel, Attack of the Clones. She was having, and, and, and this is something that came out long after the fact, she didn't talk about it you know, then, but she's spoken recently over the past four or five years about how uncomfortable she was with how sexualized she was during the filming of that film. And, and, you know, not, not only by the fandom, but also by the producers and the people in charge in particular, like at at the end when her her clothing gets ripped off and she's like bare midriff for the rest of the film, Mm -hmm. she was uncomfortable with a lot of that because at the time, you know, she's, she's a teenager. Mm -hmm. And, it felt like, you know, kind of what you said. And, and again, you're right. It's a little unfair. She's not here to defend her opinion. We love you, Claire. But like <laughs> when Claire says, yeah. when Claire says he signed up for this, the distinction that I would make is it's like, you know, Natalie Portman didn't sign up for that. She mm-hmm. signed up to be an actor in a film and do some work and to tell a story truthfully. Mm-hmm. Uh amidst a green screen with lightsabers, but still. And, um, you know, and, 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 and so I think that there's, there is definitely uh, a way to do it uh, that can be good natured and without it becoming this, you know, this kind of drooling, you know, Pepe Le Pew following you around, trying to like, you know, ravish you at, at every turn, you know, even if it's only mentally and, and, and fantasizing about it. And, and, and fantasies are okay, don't get me wrong. But like, I think that in How the Test Was Won, when Scott takes off his shirt mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's hot and sweaty and everything like that, it's like, yes, go ahead find him attractive, like, you, you know, think your impure thoughts if you need to, whatever. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. But to constantly bring it to that, it does, it's a a level of objectification that, you know, I'm certainly not comfortable with. And I do think that we've, we've gotten to a place, um, you know, certainly we're, we're talking about 20 years ago with Attack of the Clones, but you look at where we were 20 years ago and it was like, it was premeditated in order to titillate people in a certain way. Oh, sure. To objectify Natalie Portman in that film. And I would like to think that, you know, we're at a place now where we've kind of learned enough that like, there's a level to which if we see Raymond Lee walking around in a Fermi suit and people are like, damn, look at him in the Fermi suit or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, cool, fine. But if your Twitter account is devoted to, you know, posting every image from every possible angle of him in the Fermi suit with close-ups of his posterior or, you know, his crotch or whatever and, and yeah. talking about, it's like, no, 
No, that's not cool. Sure. It's not cool. It wouldn't be cool if if I was doing that, you know, with with someone in a bikini or, or, or whatever. It's it's not. It's just not cool to do. This isn't like a tit for tat thing. This isn't a oh hey well you know men have been doing that for years and it's sort of like no no that's not that's not where we are. You know, it's like we we can be better than that. And I think that when it comes to some of the stuff with Scott, I totally get what that Twitter user is saying. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes it makes wading into some of the conversations and some of the message boards and some of the Facebook groups and everything. It just makes makes me kind of like turn off to a lot of it. And it's like, you know, half of the conversation is, is based around how you want to jump Scott's bones. And I'm kind of like, all right. Yeah. We have some patrons to thank. <laughs> <laughs> Let's thank some patrons. Speaking of segues, uh, thank you for uh, for our, our donors reading this off here. No particular order. Dana Bias, Audrey Ashley, oddly specific with Audra, uh, Jill Wilson, Christopher Redmond, Rich Bork, Karen Saxon, Amy Holtkamp, Larry Trujillo, Jason Geis. Troy Ebers, and then we have a new person this week. Let me pull it. Uh, Barry Donovan. Um, and, and also, uh, we were talking about this week how to address uh, others. We have a couple other folks who have donated anonymously, and they have specifically asked to not be mentioned by name for whatever reason uh, that they like. So if you're listening, uh, thank you to our anonymous donors, and thank you to all of our name donors. You help you help us keep the lights on, and and we have some exciting stuff coming up for for our for our patrons coming up here as the new series starts. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, thank you so much. Um, I, it's incredible. Uh, you know, when we started this, we never really knew what direction it was going to go. We thought like, oh, we'll do our our ninety five or six episodes and 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 say peace out, and that'll be done. And um, we haven't done that, and and here we are now. You know, five years later, and people are still listening. And, and now to to financially, you know, support the podcast is is awesome. Um, and and it's true. You know, all the money um, goes directly back into the podcast in in one way or another, so that mm-hmm. we can try to make it better uh, for you. Um, as long as we're not tired and lazy, which does sometimes happen. <laughs> so uh, uh, so thank you so much for that. And, and you know, and as as I always say, if you've got some extra money in, in your pocket, you, you know, make sure you're giving back to your community. Find a charity that you want to invest in and if there's still some coinage rattling around after that and you want to send it our way then yes please by all means we will be forever grateful and dennis will continue to read out your name or not per your request uh but we will certainly be grateful for it and we are going to find ways to uh reward um all of our listeners really but uh certainly those that are are you know digging into their pockets and helping us out and it's, it's greatly appreciated so thank you all so much for sure, yeah. And someone asked, uh, Audra, I think, uh, asked on the Facebook group this week if we are doing a live watch party when the series starts. Yes, we are definitely doing it for, for the premiere. Yeah. Hopefully for others, we're going to figure out how exactly to do it. Uh, if, if if nothing else, if we can't figure out the YouTube thing, we can do it on Zoom. Right. Uh, we can we can just bring people into a room and and, and we can do it that way. I signed myself up for Hulu this week. It's another like 40 bucks a month or whatever, but that's how I'm going to be able to watch the shows live. Uh, unless it gets preempted by something <laughs> sports or weather, or I'm already having high blood pressure from like something being preempted. Right. And missing part of an episode. I mean, like I'll catch it later the next day because whatever, but just at the time. Yeah. Anyway. Monday, September 19th at 10 p.m. is exactly when they will choose to give an itemized account of every classified document that they found at (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. 
I, I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I mean, you know, but no, yeah. It's not going to happen. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I am so excited. Two weeks away. I, I, I Again, I, I, this is like the third or fourth time I've said this, so I apologize. But I, I, had a, I had a long drive today, so I was thinking in the car. But I was thinking to myself earlier about... A year, not even a year ago, less than a year ago, you and I were talking on this podcast about the possibility or potential for there being a, a reboot, a continuation, etc. And I fully went on the record and just was like, no, nah, not interested. It's fine. I think the moment has passed. I'm cool with it never happening. You know, if it does, mm-hmm. cool, but whatever. Graham, Graham Drayton, who uh, is, is a, a listener from the UK who yep. has a radio mm-hmm. show, um, uh, he was kind enough to invite us on uh, to talk about Quantum Leap, and uh, unfortunately only I was able to join, uh, and he asked the same question, and I kind of gave the same answer, like, I think the ship has sailed, you know, if it happens, cool, but I, I, I don't need it. And now here I am less than a year later, and I, I don't think there is anything that I am so excited for entertainment-wise as I am the premiere of Quantum Leap, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and in the midst of a couple of big premieres occurring recently with like House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, all this sort of stuff, I haven't watched any of that yet, uh, which is weird for me, but it's also understandable considering how crazy things are right now. I, I, I mean, obviously we're doing the, the live watch along, but I couldn't even imagine missing one solitary second of this episode and yeah. in, in spite of kind of the roller coaster ride that it's taken to get here with, you know, information and changes and et cetera, et cetera. I, it is just such an incredibly exciting moment. And the, the fact that this isn't a reboot, that this isn't a remake, the fact that mm. this is indeed a continuation that we're going to get, you know, all of this stuff that ties us and connects us to the original, maybe not week one, you know, it might be a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks before they really start, you know, kicking that into gear. But my gosh, I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I am. I'm excited. And you know, what you said, you didn't think it was going to happen. I remember it's a little less than a year though, because I think it was in like October, maybe early November when uh, Scott was on the late Bob Saget's video podcast or, or podcast in general. I watched the video version and Scott had made some comment about there being some conversations or whatever. And I think we, we actually texted you about it. I told you, it's like, I, I think Scott was just being polite. I don't think anything is really happening. And it's just like, he's always very amicable when he talks about quantum leap. And I was like, I don't think anything is actually happening. Uh, turns out I was very wrong, um, <laughs> which I'm happy. Um, right, right. And I'm, I, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm very excited for this the the new poster that came out it just made my excitement go even more uh the the teaser trailer which we'll talk about here in a little bit but just the the new poster that that came out with you know raymond lee we got i'm looking at right now we got uh we got a bridge we got like an old-time car space shuttle taken off we got a new stand we got cowboys i don't know how that's gonna you know (laughs) you know tie in uh you know to whatever uh I, i say that but my uh me and betsy's eighth wedding anniversary this last week and you know one of the things that she got me was uh she got me uh, one of the final like a a copy of the final script like a working script for the last gunfighter um she wanted to get me pool hall blues but like right now like scripts are very hard to come by and the scripts that are available some of them are very they've been jacked up in price because people know that they can charge them now um but even still that's a tangent uh, but even still on the poster, someone someone pointed out that if you look at the uh, and if we do YouTube, maybe we can put the picture up here. Uh, if you look at the whatever the advertisement thingy that they call on top of the cab, 
there's yes. a watch that looks very much a lot of people on Twitter pointed out that looks like a lot of the style watch that Al wore in the original series. But it says anytime, any place. If you look in really small letters on top of that, it says Ziggy watches. Yeah. So that's and just the fact that they are putting this kind of like the, these little Easter eggs into the thing. It, it gives me hope. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that, I mean, obviously with Lillian and Winbrandt, you know, the two of the shows that they worked on prior to this, um, I think both from the beginning had those types of things. They're very, they're clearly very, very inspired by like J.J. Abrams and Lost and, and, and to a degree Alias, although, you know, Alias, they made up a lot on the fly and Lost eventually they did the same thing. But, you know, there was that attention to detail. And, you know, the truth is that La Brea has a lot of that vibe. Um, uh, okay. Gosh, the is it me? God, it's Margaret. I don't remember the name of the God other show. Unfortunately, me. thank you. God friended me. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, it had 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 similar, uh, uh, um, you know, kind of little bits and pieces, of breadcrumbs, you know, along the way sure. um, towards towards the finish. And uh, so I feel like that's baked into kind of just the way that they do things. Then you throw Martin Garrow into the mix, and and obviously, you know, the thing we we didn't. I don't know if we talked about this enough when we when we spoke about the uh, creative changes and the fact that he's now the showrunner. Um, and, and Lillian and Winbrand, of course, are still uh, along for the ride as writers. Um, but, you know, Martin Garrow has been there since day one as well. You know, he, he, he's he been working on the show since the very beginning, too. Um, and his last, like, big show... Um, yeah. Um, blind spot. Yes, thank you. Blind spot. I almost said blind side, mm-hmm. but that's something else entirely. Anyway, uh, the uh, that you know show was built on that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right down to the tattoos that were on her body. You know, the mm-hmm. smallest tattoo meant something, right? And it was something that they kind of had planned out. So this kind of marketing, um, and and even what we got from reading the pilot script, I, I feel like there's definitely enough care and attention to the detail that they certainly want to. Uh, um, they they want to give us that sort of stuff. Now, here's a question that, that I have uh, that some people have been talking about online. The anytime, any place, <clears throat> do we think, especially after having seen him, you know, as, as, as the cowboy in one of those images, do we think it's possible that they're doing away with the can only travel in his own lifetime aspect? I really hope if they do, they wait a few episodes. Oh, me too. And I don't know if they will wholesale. Uh, I, I have a feeling that that, that rule, that constraint can actually help them. If, if if eventually they, they break out of it in some fashion, I think that's fine. I think one of the things that'll be interesting to see how they deal with is knowing that Ziggy was so closely tied, you know, to the original project, obviously in Sam's lifetime to the point that when, you know, in, in the leap back, when Al leaps, Mm -hmm. she has a hard time figuring out anything because they only have information loaded from Sam's lifetime, not Al's lifetime. Sure. And so it, it makes me wonder like how that's going to be treated as well, especially all the, th- the, th- the events that have happened in the interim since the project, you know, shut down. Like if the project shut down in 99, um, you know, if that was the, mm. when, when things kind of went haywire or whatever, then there's 20 years of history. So the idea that, you know, Ian is having to, reboot slash rebuild Ziggy, uh, I think is very interesting. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what, you know, what that relationship is, but also what Ziggy's capable of, um, mm-hmm. in the context of the, the, the new show, obviously the internet would make things a lot easier, but anyway, sure. uh, uh, random thoughts. Um, back to the, the, the lifetime thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that there's, I'm excited about the prospect of going any place. Cause obviously we didn't get out of the United States 
more than mm-hmm. one on three Handful occasions. Of times. Yeah, yeah, like three or four occasions. Um I mean, I guess you could count the multiple times during Lee Harvey Oswald, but we barely yeah. count that as an episode anyway. So, uh, <laughs> come at us, Don Bellisario. Come at us. <laughs> He's not paying attention to us. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. What's I, a, I, I'm what's curious. What's a podcast? What's <laughs> Get off my lawn. Uh, yeah. What what, uh, what are your thoughts, though, on, on the anytime and any place stuff? You know, the thing is, it was a constraint that was put on the original series because they needed it from a budgetary thing. Cause like sure. Don Beller said, you said like, you know, you, you put Scott Bakula in an old 1950s car, you give him a cheeseburger and a malt, like, you know, play a little, you know, 1950s music all of a sudden that he's there. You didn't have the budget to like put him on a biking ship. I think that was the, you know, the sample, the example that was given. Right. With TV budgets now, like you don't have to worry about that so much anymore. But since that was such a part of the original series, I think, it would be more creative to keep that constraint because the original show found so much to explore between the 1950s and the 1980s. And I think we have plenty of stories to tell between, you know, the 1980s and today. Yeah. Um, So if they do find a way to leap outside of uh, Ben's lifetime, I hope creatively there's a good reason for it other than just we can do it. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean i do yeah um, yeah I, I, actually what i you know what i was thinking is, is that the story and, and this is something that i've come around to because initially i wasn't i wasn't 100 sure uh but the stories that they can tell um within the past you know 35 to 40 years i mean he's not 40 but but we'll just throw it out there for a ball sure the past 35 to 40 years i think will be in the same way that the original series was able to tell important stories that that held meaning and and weight for not only the generation that lived through those times, but again, you know, like our generation, who were the parents of the people that lived through those times, um, can be incredibly illuminating. And I think when you get a little too far away from that, then 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 you're just doing science fiction and fantasy, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but. As we've discussed multiple times on the podcast, Quantum Leap was science fiction only in so much as it was about a guy who traveled through time. Everything else yeah. about the show was just was basically, you know, a, a um, uh, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anthology. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, it was just mm-hmm. an, you know one hour anthology, you know, drama series, uh, and and so I think that. Once you start to get too far from that, yeah, it does. It starts to just kind of stretch the bounds of credulity and the rules that have been set up for the show. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what we'll happens. See. And like you know, in the fact that we're talking about it now, it's like you, you see so many uh, Gen Z people talk online right now about what their life has been like and how older, like like elder millennials and Gen X, like we can't fully understand. Like their life has been defined by. 9-11 and everything that happened in the wake of it, the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war, you know, just about like, even if they don't remember Patriot Act, Tea Party, the, the, the Patriot yeah. Act, all the, yeah. <laughs> like even if they don't literally remember 9-11 and a lot of schools, like every year on the anniversary, they were forced to sit down and watch the footage exactly of 9-11 and everything that has happened since then. And what I, I think of people in Gen Z, finding the show and you know hopefully they will tell stories that speak to that generation 
and and bring on like like I said, and I've said before, there are people who are going to be huge fans of this show who are not who are just barely aware that this show even exists yet. <laughs> I yeah, I think you're you know what, right. and I am excited for those for those new fans to come on board and i hope some of them will listen to a couple of old geezers in their 40s <laughs> talk talk about the show hello youngins yeah hello right. paul well, newman was an oscar-winning actor before he was <laughs> the salad dressing guy uh, that's classic. which i had to explain to one of my students one time anyway uh, well you know um did you hear about how his family uh, is apparently in litigation with the company that took over the the salad dressing because uh, apparently they've not been honoring his wishes for the profits, oh, the, all the profits for, to go no. to charity? Yeah, so I don't know exactly what, what's going on with that, but I read something about that the other day. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I think that you, you raise a really good point, and it's something that we've seen with uh, other you know big pieces of fandom even with like Star Wars and Star Trek with some of the recent series attracting younger new viewers who then are going back and watching the, you know the old stuff for the very first time and i see it on reddit and sometimes it's almost unbelievable to me um which shows just how out of touch i guess i am in a way that people are coming on there and being like hey i've never seen a star wars movie where do i start and it's like Oh my gosh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Like there are people that have never seen, you know, and so when it comes to Quantum Leap, like it's infinitely more true that there are people that have no conception whatsoever of what this show is, was, will be. And I, I, I think, you know, done well. And uh, uh, if it gets, you know, enough, uh, enough buzz, being, you know, on a major network obviously will help and following on a, a popular uh, a reality show will, will help as well. So I, I think that you're right. I think there could be a lot of people who come to the show after the premiere or maybe even two or three episodes in and it'll sure. be their first, you know, their, their first exposure to, to this world. Um, and it, it'll be very interesting to see the conversations that happen because of that. Uh, you know, I think, I think back to a lot of the TV that was on around the time that quantum leap was on. And, and we've talked a lot you know, about Vietnam and there were so many shows that, that were tied uh, indirectly or directly to Vietnam, you know, throughout the, the eighties and into the early nineties. And, you know, even a show like Magnum PI, I mean, the obvious ones being like tour of duty in China beach and, you know, and then quantum leap, of course. And, you know, and so many others had that, that tie because that was kind of that defining thing, you know, along sure. with the, the, the assassinations of, of the 60s, uh, the Kennedys and, and, and MLK and, um, and and Malcolm X. I don't know why I paused there. I, I think it was because that one usually does not get put into the same category, which is unfortunate because oh, it yeah. should. But anyway, um, so I, I, I think that it'll be, uh, it, it's not going to be a history lesson. Like, I wouldn't want anybody who's listening to the podcast to think, like, Quantum Leap's going to be homework, you know what I mean? It's not. But mm -hmm. I do think that there's a lot that, that, that we can learn um, as a viewing audience from a show like this. Um, sure, and, but, and, even, but even, not, not to interrupt your energy, no, but like uh, me and Betsy, we were talking about, I can't remember like what brought us to the conversation the other day, but like, you know, we both agreed that pretty much like our, uh, our history education went up as far as JFK's assassination right. in grade school and high school. And everything else that I learned from history when I was in high school was through quantum leap, like from the 1960s to the present. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, that's valid. I mean, there's, uh, I, it was similar for me. There was a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, I, I think when I was in high school, um, I want to say, uh, our history book, my junior year of high school, we got right up to the Vietnam war. 
And I can remember flipping forward, you know, like 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 spoilers uh, to see what what was next, right? Because I knew we weren't going to get there. It's like you know, here it is. It's you know, late April, and and, mm-hmm. and we've just gotten to you, you know the. Yuri Gagarin going into space or whatever. It's like, well, mm-hmm. clearly we're not getting much further. Uh, and, and I skipped ahead and I can remember seeing like pictures of, of Woodstock and, uh, and, and, uh, Nixon. Um, and you know, even going up, I think, I think like the last picture in the book was like, um, of Oliver North for the Iran Contra, uh, hearings Ooh, and stuff. Yeah. And like that was, and that was where it stopped. Um, but we never got there. We never got past like 65 or 66. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was as far as we ever got, even though there was more in the book. Uh, and, and so I think that, yeah, there's so there's so much that's happened over the past 20 years. And sometimes it's hard to... September 2nd, um, you know, just a couple of days ago as we record this, September 4th, uh, it was 21 years since my mom had died. Mm-hmm. And that is nearly unbelievable to me um, because it, you know, it, 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 so much has happened and yet it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's such a, you know, it's such an odd feeling, but uh, I, I think the historical events that we've seen, I really hope that they, they dive into it and I hope that they, yeah. that they attack it in a way that they're not, you know, they're not worried about sponsors. They're not worried about Fox news. They're not worried about China. They're not, you know what I mean? I hope that they can tell stories because that was the other thing that the original series did. And, 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 and this is going to sound like an odd thing for me to say, but they told stories that were quintessentially American and so many of the stories that were told were about what it meant to be an American of that generation. What did it mean to be an American that experienced the Vietnam War? You know, what did it mean to be an American to, you know, experience uh, um, the space race? Well, you, you know, disco music. Um, and so I think, <laughs> sure. I, I think that now the world that we live in, um, it's not, it's not going to be as easy to tell some of those stories. But I, I think of a show like the newsroom and the way that they approached um, a lot of what was occurring, you know, uh, right around Obama's reelection and, and how we just, we have to face up to some of that stuff. And I think that if they're telling a story that, you know, about 2008, 2010 or whatever, they, they, they need to absolutely explore what led to the radicalization of, of hundreds of thousands of Americans into thinking that, you mm-hmm. know, patriotism meant putting a bullseye over Obama's head, you know? Like, yeah. I hope that they can tell those types of stories. And I feel pretty confident, especially when you look at the cast and, you know, you, you look at the fact that we're getting a first-generation uh, American as our lead character, knowing, you, you know, that... that uh, um, um, hopefully if they retain some of this stuff that, you know, his background, I think will be very interesting in and of itself. So um, I just hope that they can tell these stories and, and tell them in a way that they're not afraid to make a statement, to make a statement mm-hmm. about 9-11, to make a statement about what happened after the fact, to make a statement about, you know, just endless warfare with no point, you know, mm-hmm. that, that I really hope that they're able to to do that. And it's weird because... Here's our next segue. With the latest teaser, we're given a very comedic uh, teaser set in Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's fluffy. It's clearly not an actual episode. Yeah. 
but saying everything I just said and realizing that, you know, this is kind of being played for, for laughs. I'm curious, you know, what, what do you think of it? Uh, well, first off, if you're watching on our YouTube version, we're going to go ahead and drop the teaser trailer in right now. Boom. Or if we don't succeed at it, we'll edit this part out. <laughs> or if we get too lazy for that. Hi, how's everyone? Hi. How's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I love this. It's you know, it's it's like you said. It's obviously approaching it in a in a comedic way, but he's putting it. They're putting Ben one into a serious situation. They're putting him someplace he is not in the United States. So it's kind of addressing that thing. Like, are we going to step outside of the U.S.? And one of the right. few times the original stepped outside of the U.S. was the Vietnam episode. Um, it also has him leaping into uh, into a black man, and so the two teaser, the full teaser trailers that we have gotten, he leaps into a black man, and he leaps into a woman. Mm-hmm. So this kind of addresses the concern that we brought up. Like I said, one of our uh, followers on Instagram pointed out that they were afraid, not that the show was going to be too woke, but that uh, this idea of extreme wokeness, the writers wouldn't allow Ben to leap into people such as that out of fear that there would be a backlash from a certain demographic to say like it's problematic for him to leap into a woman or a black person for right. for some reason. So clearly uh even though the these teasers are obviously not from episodes, they are obviously shots that are just made to be commercials for the TV show. Um they are not going to they're not going to avoid having been leap into a wide diversity of people. Right. Um and so, I, like I said, I think these commercials are comedic, but I think when they do address these episodes, they are going to find a way to address them in the manner that that, that you just said. Uh, I think I hope that that will be intention, but I don't think that they are going to do it in a like beat you over the head with it that they are going to immediately like turn a lot of people away. Right. You know what I mean, like I think I think that they're 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 going to do it in a smart way. And yeah. somebody I, somebody on TikTok they they commented on the the teaser trailer videos that I posted, and they asked if they thought if nine eleven will be off limits, hmm. and I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I don't think, at least not for the first couple of seasons. I don't think that they are going to have been literally literally leap ground zero September eleventh two thousand one. Right. I do think. They will certainly tell stories that somehow involve the aftermath of 9/11. They Absolutely. may have story. They may have an episode that takes place on 9/11, though wherever Ben is, he is not in New York, and it's a more personal story. But somehow, 9/11 is is baked into it. Right. Well, here's here's a thought. Uh, you know, one of the greatest episodes of television ever, Thou Shalt Not. Um, you know, that episode, of course, being about grief and mourning and the way that that was handled and so brilliantly, lovely done and conceived and, and, and well executed on every level. Can you imagine an episode where, you know, instead of the son dying in a, in you know, a, a plane crash, as horrific as that is, but dies in a plane crash connected to 9-11? Do you sure. know, like, like telling those types of stories, I think to me are, is equally as important. I'm not trying to say that every single episode needs to make some sort of, you know, political statement. That's not necessarily what the original series did. And I don't think that this is, you know, but I do think that there are statements that can be made in a thoughtful manner that um, while exploring uh, our, our history, you know, these past 35, 40 years um, could be really helpful. And I think too about um, Boston Legal, which you and I both enjoy uh, uh quite a bit and which by the way that is a show that cannot be made <laughs> post me too 
Uh, me and Betsy, we watched a few episodes uh, a couple years. We were just getting ready to make the move. So it was like a little over two years ago. We were yeah. watching some episodes. That show could not be made. <laughs> Post me too. I'm just yeah. saying. Anyway, yeah. I love the show, but cannot be made today. Go on. Right, right. Certainly, certainly not that same way. I, and the point that I was getting ready to make is that the, the first season was um, – not wildly successful by any means, sure. Uh, but the thing that the show always had, um, and that and that the last like season uh, of the practice had as well, is that the demographic that it drew were some of the wealthiest viewers, sure, around. And when you think about the way that we sometimes will equate wealth with a certain level of conservatism, which I think is a mistake that we make, um, that. Uh, that show never shied away from making statements that were nothing but liberal and progressive. Oh, yeah. Um, the fascinating thing is, is if you look at the first season, the, you know, the famous um, Alan Shore monologues that he gives in summation for his, for his trials, mm. they were not what they became you know, by the time the second season rolled around until they got to uh, the, the episode that changed everything and the episode that saved the show, similarly to, uh, you know, color of truth was death be not proud when, uh, he was, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, trying to get a, a death penalty, um, overturned uh, or stay of execution. And that was the first episode that really went head on um, with, you know, an issue with an extremely topical issue. And then of course the show would continue to do that and touch on some really incredible stuff, including like, um, you know, nine 11, obviously, uh, but also, um, Hurricane Katrina and 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 the flooding and, and then the way that it just you know completely fractured the uh, healthcare system um, uh, in New Orleans and so I I think that there's a play there is still a place for shows that will make statements like that now I mean Boston League was also wildly irreverent and entertaining and comedic in, in other respects and yada 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 and so I I, I think that you know Quantum Leap mm-hmm. can still do that here's a thought that I've been having too and I'm interested in your take on this. I am not 100% comfortable, if I'm being completely honest, still enthusiastic as all hell, cannot wait. I am not 100% comfortable with the show being marketed as some sort of action show. I think, you know, my hope would be that I would rather see adventure than action. You know what I mean? And the distinction I make there is it's like, it's like watching Raiders of the Lost Ark um, or even to an extent, Temple of Doom versus watching Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, especially Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, mm. those first two Indiana Jones movies are adventures. There's action in them, but they're adventures. As the movies went on, you know, by the time you got to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, like, that movie is just an action film, you know, with mm-hmm. a, a guy in his, you know, late 60s running around trying to be an action hero. Uh, which is fine, and I love Harrison Ford, so it's totally cool, and people can do amazing and incredible things at any age. But um, I, I think that I would hope for more of the former and less of the latter when sure. it comes to the way that action is used within the show. What do you think? Sure. Uh, first off, I want to jump back. When you're talking about the Boston Legal episode, uh, Death Be Not Brad, is that the yeah. name of the episode? Mm-hmm. The death row inmate was uh, Sterling K. Brown. That was after we play him. And obviously he has gone on now uh, to This Is Us. That's what a lot of people know him. Uh, he also had a guest turn on um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
for one season. He had several episode stints on there. Yeah. Uh, and I remember like being like so moved by that episode of Boston Legal. Like whenever yeah. I see him in anything else, I'm like, oh, I remember where I saw him from. Yeah. Um, now to address what you said. Um, like I, I, I definitely see like through like through this latest poster that they put out and the Desert Storm trailer that that it's being pitched as action a little bit like the rocker, uh, the eighties rocker trailer, maybe not so much. Right. The thing is, I think from about season three on of the original quantum leap, it was kind of an action show as much as they could do on the budget that they had Hmm. a lot of times. Um, I, I say that, I feel like there would have been more, like more episodes. They would have done more action if they had the budget to do it. Um, so I do think with this new show, I, I think probably some of the early episodes will lead more towards more action. I think the pilot is going to be more action. I think part, maybe that's part of the reason why they had him do a different first episode other than the San Francisco pilot, right. which is kind of weird because the San Francisco pilot is also, um, action in its action in its own way. And I'll go ahead and but put to it, me I mean, felt more in line with the adventure stuff that I was talking about. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like, sure. So yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put it out. We haven't talked about it. I don't think this is a, an absolutely huge spoiler for the San Francisco episode, but the basic overall plot is San Francisco earthquake happens. Ben has to get somewhere else across the city to find a family member of the leapy. And yeah. that is like, like you, the action, the adventure, whatever you want to call it. Like that is the physical quest of him getting across an earth, an earthquake struck city to get to a family member. Right. Uh, I yeah. think, and I think that the, the kind of what makes me a little uncomfortable is that with the new pilot, with, you know, the jewel heist stuff, getting from point A to point B, even in an earthquake riddled city is that's an adventure. That's a quest, right? You know, and, and it is not in and of itself, implying action, if you will. Mm-hmm. Going to the Smithsonian to steal the Hope Diamond, like, it's Mission Impossible. Do you know what I mean? Which is fine, and it's going to be well done, and etc. and I will take my medicine and like it. But there's a part of me that's just kind of like, that's, that's not exactly what I was hoping for, you know? The thing is, like, I will be... I don't know. We'll see how the, the, the episode bears out and we'll say we have not like we got to read the san francisco script we have not gotten to read anything else since then so this isn't us talking around anything we are totally guessing like everybody else i will be very surprised if they if the 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 thieves or whatever team actually gets inside of the the smithsonian god i still hope it's all bullshit I hope I hope that I hope that it's just like it's all a smokescreen. I really do. I just I kind of I kind of hope that we're going to get to the episode and we're just going to kind of be like, ah, oh, son of a bitch, they did it." You know? Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. not not that not that it's going to be the, the earthquake episode. I believe them when they say they're saving that for later. Um whether it's the third episode, the sixth episode or whatever, we'll see. Uh but I I I'm Yeah, I there's still a part of me that wonders. It's like is that really going to be the new first episode? I, I still find that they're, they're going to way they're they're going to find a way to do it well. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, especially we we 
you know, we've talked about this before. Like there's there's the whole plot of like the the potential heist of the Hope Diamond. And if they truly make this the first episode and this is Ben's first sleep, then you also have the thing of like we know just from like what they've put out in press release stuff, we know that Ben broke into the project to jump into the accelerator <laughs> you know so we do have kind of like a comparison you know oh man i hadn't i literally i hadn't even thought of that that is that is that is fantastically over the top brilliant um yeah yeah i mean that's very true that's very very true it, one of the things i, I think it it's something that will inevitably be true of the character. I cannot imagine it going any other way. I think it's something that, you know, that's, it's kind of the, one of the elements that you just kind of have to retain is the DNA of the show is that Ben will be as kind hearted, uh, and noble as, as Sam was. Um, and I think that Raymond Lee has that in spades. You, you know, you look at Kevin can go F himself and you look at some of the other stuff that he's done and he, he comes off as just being that kind of human in general. Um, which is another reason why I'm just sort of like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see you, um, and, you know, as, as Ben. Um, and so I do think that placing him into a situation where he's going to have to fight this sort of moral quandary um, will be fascinating. And it can, and it, and it will help to illuminate exactly what you just said, aspects of his own decisions that got him there. So whether or not I'm fully on board with the trappings of Smithsonian Hope Diamond Jewel Heist, which just sounds, you know, whatever uh what you just said it really it starts to add in all the extra layers and i hope that that's the type of stuff that they're able to explore you know that the that the jewel heist is just the it's the MacGuffin, right and everything else is is about is about the people it's about the people it's not about how are they going to steal the constitution or whatever you know what i mean like it's 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 not nick cage running around in a leather jacket for an hour and a half um not that there's anything wrong with that so what you just said has me more excited. You know, the idea that they can use this to explore other stuff. Well, I swear to God, I thought we'd have this conversation offline at some point. Maybe we have. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I'm having to um, learn the lines of two different characters in a play right now. Oh and, God. and most of their scenes are together. So it's basically just... So my brain is... Can I tell you this? And listeners, we apologize. This is a tangent. The last thing that I understudied in Chicago, it was a show called T. Uh, and it was about the Tanya Harding, Nancy Carrington, Nancy Carrington oh, story. Wow. And, it, and it was all from the point of view of, of Tanya's side. And <laughs> this, uh, and, and I, and I understudied all three male characters in the show. Uh, Tanya Harding's husband, uh, the friend who helped him plot the the attack and uh, Harding's father. And I don't know why, because these people in real life did not talk like this, but the playwright decided to write everybody in the show as if they were in a mammoth play. Oh, no. So it's a lot of starting. You see, the thing is a lot of starting and then not quite finishing them. Yeah. And I had to learn that for three characters and go on one weekend for one of the characters. So uh, it did not, it did not, it did not do well. Play. <laughs> uh, it did not, it was basically, it was, I think it was the movie that came out like a year later. It was just called yeah. Tanya. Yeah. It, it was trying to be Tanya. Yeah. And it was not that. The was absolutely, it I, Tanya? Was it just Tanya or I, was it I, Tanya? I think, 
Maybe it was just I, I Tanya. Yeah. yeah anyway. uh, the absolutely best thing about the show was the sound design because they pulled in like a lot of 90s music and like 90s sound bites and everything for scene transitions. And that was that was wonderful. But it was just. It was <laughs> not a good show. Everybody in the cast, they had such high hopes for it. They had been casting the show over a year prior but then the theater company, like one of the bigger theater companies in Chicago, they had decided to shuffle the order of their season for some reason. So the cast had to sit around and wait for a year before the show actually went on. Oh, and no. then and then the show wasn't actually any good and nobody came to see it. And it's one of those things like you may have had this feeling before understudying a show. Like as an understudy, you're not you're not as connected to the material. Like yeah. you don't you you don't get sucked into like the self-importance of the work that you're doing. And right. you're just kind of sitting back and watching rehearsals and you're going, this is a shit show. Yeah. This is going to be a shit show. Somebody turn around and ask me what the person who is not mired in the muck thinks of this show right now. And I will tell you, <laughs> right. This, this is a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, gosh, anyway, we may leave this tangent and we may not anyway, but the thing we say, like we say, like you hope, like it's all going to be stories about people. It's once again, worth noting. We've said this in a couple episodes. Uh, if Martin Garrow is to be believed from the interview that he did a few weeks ago, for whatever other troubles that they are having, like, creatively and making sure that the story is understandable for new new viewers or whatever the cast itself is testing off the charts as yeah. far as how much people love them um we know you know raymond lee is already loved from the work that he is doing ernie hudson is loved um mason alexander park is getting some huge love for the sandman um which I actually reached the end of, and I'm kind of just. Have you watched the season yet? No, I haven't. Not yet. I haven't for, finished for it. all for all of the hype for Desire. Alexander is fantastic in the role. They they are hardly there. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like they are the writers. I mean, the writers are setting Desire up to be more of a major antagonist in a season two. Yeah, I mean that's. But, like I kept waiting for the episode where Desire was going to come front and center, right? And they had a really good scene with uh, Dream, whatever his name is, Tom Sturridge, more Tom Sturridge. Sturridge. Yeah, they had like one really good scene with Tom Sturridge in the final episode or the next, the final episode. But like that was it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all that is to say, Mason Alexander kills in the role. If you follow them on Twitter and their other social media, like. Other people are doing like Instagram. Like, like cosplay. Their Instagram, Instagram is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so people are loving Mason Alexander Park, and I hope that those folks come over to Quantum Leap. I hope they <laughs> win people over. You know that they win people over in the role. And I think, I think Ian is going to turn out to be one of my favorite characters. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I said, that's the thing I'm just the most excited for. And and let's talk about Caitlin Bassett again. Like here's someone that has no resume to speak of, right? And I can't. I just I'm so exactly. excited. I'm just so excited uh, to see to see what she brings and you know what the relationship, uh, the chemistry between you know between her and and, and Raymond is is like. I mean it's got to be incredible, right? But yeah. Uh, 
I'm as really of right now, I still that. have more Instagram followers than Caitlin Bassett. I know that's not, <laughs> I know that, I know that's not going to last. Long. You got two more weeks to crow about I, that, and then it's all I, over. I got two more weeks. I'm just, I, I just keep waiting. Actually, I keep meaning to do a TikTok. I tell you what. First off, our listeners who are listening to us right now, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you do not follow Caitlin Bassett yet, go follow her on Instagram. I think she is just simply Caitlin Bassett. Uh, if I remember, we'll put it into the show notes. No guarantees because I'm tired of dads. Uh, uh, go follow her, and I'll put a TikTok out too. Go follow her. Let's like let's see if we can get the follow the, the follow count up, and tell them Bates Wide Wheel sent you. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I, 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 yeah. I, I think that um, it's funny because oh, well, one of the things I wanted to say real quick about Desire is that Desire, you know, in the in the original comics, they play a uh, a bigger role down the line. Mm. Um, it, you know, again, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, which is unfortunate. But from what I've heard, they're pretty faithful thus far to the comics. Mm. Um, so I, I would, I, I would say that you're probably right about that. I can't remember exactly when they become a bigger part of of the world. Uh, but you know, when when Dream kind of does his initial tour uh, of the Endless, um in the comics, some of them are very, very brief. Like it's just like a, a panel or two and, mm-hmm. and, and then dream moves on to the, to the next one. And, but desire definitely plays a, a pretty big role down the, down the, down the line. Most of them do. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think that, uh, w- when it comes to the, the cast and, the fact that we're also looking at mostly fresh faces here, people that don't have a huge resume that, that aren't, you know, as recognizable. Um, and yet it, it matches the makeup of the original series in a way as well. Cause Scott was not as recognizable. Scott was, you know, not exactly a fresh face, but certainly didn't have anything big on his resume. And then you had Dean Stockwell, who of course did. And so now we've got kind of that similar juxtaposition with, you know, the, 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 the younger side of the cast, if you will, sure. no offense, Ernie and Ernie Hudson. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Ernie Hudson has already sort of been seen as, as kind of being like a bit of a voice for the show. You, you know, any of the interviews that we've had thus far, mm-hmm. like the, the carpet walk that he did with, uh, with Caitlin and Raymond, he definitely kind of led the way, you know, and talked the most. Sure. Uh, although Caitlin talked a heck of a lot too, which I was impressed with. Cause it's just sort of like, she's never done this before. Um, sure. uh, he's given some interviews uh, to, to outlets already about the show. So, you know, I think that he's taking that kind of, elder role in a lot of ways and 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 it'll be interesting to see um kind of off screen uh his effect on the show because there are people out there that just love ernie hudson and will watch anything that he does right you know or yeah. there are people that are ghostbusters fans that are just going to be like oh what's he up to these days you know so like i i think that having him um will be interesting as far as the the reach that it can give the show absolutely um much more to add to that, but yeah. Uh, know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. what else do we do? Do we, I, we, you know, we're, I think we're about to wrap up, but what else do we, sure. uh, uh, we have, uh, we, uh, no emails. Let me double check that and make sure no emails this week, but, uh, we did have some YouTube comments. We did have some YouTube comments maybe we just need to shift over and just know that, uh, that, that some folks are going to be coming to us from, uh, or, uh, coming to us from, from the, from the YouTube comments. So we're, we're trying to get more active on YouTube. At some point we'll go back, put up old videos, uh, even like taking like some of the TikToks that I've done and putting them up, up over there. Um, but, uh, Chris's top level media. He just, um, uh, he followed us and said, I've been subscribed at some time. I hope I can have a conversation with you both sometime on camera too. Hey, 
Well, look at that. We As we get the new series going up, uh, probably not for the library watches, but as we get going to our deep dives, I would love to get guest back on the yes. back uh, back on the show. Do you remember um, back in the days when we were so quaint that we thought we had to like, you know, well, we had to because we didn't have the capabilities, have the guest in the room with us. And now just in a post-COVID world, like, no, oh, <laughs> I mean, it, we click of a button, everything's all set up for us pretty much, unless we want to live stream it. But that's, that's, and then we'll, we're, we're, we're going to figure that out. We're going to figure that we out. Are. We are. Um, uh, all that to say, it'll be a lot easier to have guests on, I think in the future, especially if you've got, you know, all, all you need is a, is a, is a microphone and, and a webcam. You know what I mean? Which let's face it, computers come standard equipped with these days. We'll, we'll get you in the zoom room and, 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 you know, we'll get off to the races and see what happens. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, Jill, uh, she said she just listened to our essentials episodes that we put out last week. Uh, was surprised that trilogy didn't make our list. Um, you know, she, she said, personally, I would keep that, keep those episodes as an essential. Um, I've been thinking about what you said about the chances of Sam and Joe not making it into the new series because of ownership rights. Um, and she wonders what were, hap- what would happen to those rights if Don Belisario were to pass away? No disrespect intended. Um, you know, it basically, would it be possible for Sammy Joe's story to be resolved for Sammy Joe fans? Yeah. Uh, that is very possible. And like I said, us saying that it's, that it's intellectual property rights, that's, that's a total guess on my part. I right. have no idea. Um, I, I it also me maybe very well. Just given Sammy Joe's age, the network feels like Sammy Joe is too old of a character, uh, especially as a woman. And I hate that. But that's yeah. That, that I mean, that's for how Hollywood works. But maybe they don't feel like enough old school fans remember her uh, to want to like come back and address the story. Uh-huh. Yeah. I uh, no, I, I think that that's valid. I, I, for me, I, I look at it from a couple of different ways. And and one, um, just as far as the rights issues go, it's an interesting thing because it could very well be, uh, depending on contracts, et cetera, that, that, you know, the rights do belong to Don um, or he thinks that they belong to him and he could get litigious about it, whether or not it actually, you know, is, is the case. Or it could be, you know, I know this is the case with Star Trek, um, that, that the character actually belongs to Deborah Pratt. And I know that Deborah has tried to move forward on, in a couple of avenues y- utilizing the character, mm-hmm. um, you know, both book and film. Uh, and it seems like, depending on who you talk to, that the possibility for some of that was squashed because Don got a little litigious about it. So, yeah. um, but rights stuff aside, I, you know, I kind of mentioned that I, I'm not sure that we'll see the character and that if we do, it might be a ways down the road. One way to potentially involve the character, and this is me just going off on a total fan wank, but like if one of the reasons why I almost said something super freaking spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so if if. If one of the reasons, if one of the uh, reasons behind Ben leaping through time is that he's been given information from other people, uh, that would part of that information be that there are things that are wrong with the timeline. And one way around the character would be is what if one of the things wrong with the timeline is that one day Sammy Joe was there and then one day she was gone. 
and they had no idea what happened to mm. her. And, and, and if one of the reasons, and maybe, and here's something crazy, and maybe one of the reasons Sam is still out there is because he's, you know, trying to figure out what happened to, you know, cause I think that I, I not to give him any sort of like godlike abilities that he's omniscient or whatever, but I just believe that with where he's left in mirror image, there's a great possibility that Sam has a lot more knowledge about where and when he's going um, sure. than before. Yeah. So all that said is, you know, maybe, maybe she's part of the reason, you know, maybe, maybe her disappearance is a part of the mystery that we're going to solve. And maybe not, maybe we'll literally never hear about her. Um, do I think that there's a place for it? Do I think that based off of what we already know that there's probably potential, they will use her? Absolutely. How it's done, when it's done. And, you know, if it's just a small, mention or if it's a two episode guest appearance by Melora Harden, you know, whatever the case might be, uh, uh, I think it's fine. Um, you know, one of the things that I will say real quick, Jill too, is like, thank you, uh, uh, for the comment and thank you for, uh, thinking that we did a good job with the essentials. And the reason I say that is because it says that you weren't surprised with most of the, the titles that were on there. Uh, as far as being surprised that trilogy wasn't on there, I, it, it's hard for me to disagree. It was, you know, again, it made my kind of honorable mentions. It was on my list at one point and then I, and then I cut it out. Uh, so I think it's one of those things that if somebody came to me and was was like, hey, trilogy should be in that list. I'd be like, you know, we didn't put it on there, but you're not wrong. Um, it's definitely, I think, something that that feels a little more essential um, than than a lot of other episodes. Sure. If you come um, at me with Machiko, you know, I yeah, you know, but the thing is, it's like <laughs> old, old old school Quantum Leap fans who have loved the show for years. Like we hold trilogy and we hold Sammy Joe in a certain place in our heart. Uh, there's somebody else that i follow we follow mutually each other on 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 twitter with our 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 twitter account and my personal twitter account and i won't call them out by name because i don't know if they're comfortable with that whatever but it seems like they are just watching season five for the first time uh and they just watched the trilogy episodes the other way and they didn't actually think very much of the trilogy episodes and were just kind of icked out by the whole origin of sammy joe sure so, and we've talked about this, and you, I think you brought up the idea before is like maybe part of the reason why they're abandoning, they could be abandoning the Sammy Joe thing is like because of the origin of the characters. And by to, today's standards, like maybe that's a little bit icky. Uh, and like, yeah, so maybe some newer viewers would have different opinions than some of our some of our old school viewers. Can you imagine the, like the, and I say that I, I mean, the reason why I'm name checking these websites is because I read their articles too, but can you imagine the articles that we would see or the opinion pieces we would see on like den of geek and tour.com if they leaned heavily into the idea that's, you know, that Sam fathered a child while he was on a leap, but could not actually get the consent of the person with whom he fathered the child because that person didn't know that he was who he was. And, and like, oh, I mean, Totally valid. And yeah. we've had the conversation before. We, I'm that. just saying that like examining it now, right, with the mm -hmm. people that write these types of articles and everything, it's just sort of like there would be a lot to be said. There is. Well, let's I mean, uh, this this I, I'm going to do some 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 doubling up, making some content here. Uh, but on the last thing that I posted on TikTok, somebody asked that exact question, like, what do we think about the consent issue? Because yeah. the way we think about informed consent now and the way Sam interacts on his leaps, and especially in in, in the trilogy, uh, a lot of people would consider it flat out sexual assault. You're right. They would consider it. Uh, they would consider it rape. Um, and like I said, we we talked about this a lot in in our deep dives. You know, the original podcast. Almost all of the cases where Sam gets romantically involved with someone has a heavy 
uh, ick factor. I think that's what the kids mm-hmm. are calling it now. Uh, an <laughs> ick. Uh, they're icky, especially Catch a Falling Star. Yes. Where he uses his position to be with someone who he knew in in his original life, in his like his actual life, and that he had a crush on, but he was too young for her at the time. And she sees him as an old college boyfriend, and she wants to be with Ray. Sam wants to be with Nicole, and Sam uses the opportunity to be with Nicole. Yeah. And by today's standards, uh, I cannot imagine them trying to do that in the new series. Yeah. Um, Well, because the the thing is, is it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, it, there's so many questions that that act raises, and it's and the, and and the unfortunate thing is, in in some ways, it spoils the conversations that I would like to have sometimes with people online about that episode, because if you take that element out of the episode, it's a lovely episode in many ways, right? But mm-hmm. the fact that he successfully, you know, uses this position, like it's predatory behavior, and it's and it's absolutely a, a you know, it's it's a form of sexual assault you know um and and he you know he gets no form of of true consent and so it's a very thorny issue so when i see when i when i see people talk about that episode as being one of their favorites all i can think to myself what i want to say to them is i I just want to be like except for the rape right like (laughs) you're not talking about that bit right you just you just you just like man of la mancha right like (laughs) and i'm sure that that's the case yeah, and the thing is, like, I, I I don't think we 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 broached this when we talked about the episode. Which, by the way, when we did the original deep dive, we had uh, our friend Brooke Allen on the show. And if you're a newer listener to the podcast, one of the the things that we try to do is that when we brought guests on, they had little to no familiarity with the show, so they were coming at the show with fresh eyes. They didn't have you know the years long love for it that we do. Um, and so when Brooke came into this episode, I remember her being like heavily just like, Ugh, yeah, this is not. Yeah. Yeah. This whole story is not cool. And I don't think we talked about it there, but that episode still could have been great. If it was Nicole wanting to reignite the friendship or reignite the romantic relationship with Ray, but Sam very much wanting to, because of his history with Nicole, knowing that he can't, Right. Because of everything that we just talked about. And it's also weird, too, because, like, here's... Okay, now we're getting really wild uh, <laughs> off topic here. But it also plays into the fact that in The Leap Home Part 1, he kind of tries to play the innocent in a way by being like, what have I ever gotten anything for myself? You know, it's like, I think I'm being rewarded with this or whatever. Sure. And it's like, dude, a few episodes ago, you used your guys in order to sleep with some girl you had the hots for when you were, like, 10. Like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> not that that's yeah. a reward by any means, but there's this idea that, like, he's... You know, he's been completely selfless up until this point. And it's just sort of like, Sam, like, you know, I know you probably don't remember your Swiss cheese, but come on. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Someone, someone, uh, someone posted on Twitter, like, like I said, like a younger, like newer person to the show. I can't remember how exactly they worded it, but basically what they were saying was like, Sam is actually the problematic horn dog. (laughs) And Al is the one who treats women better, but because of the way they talk about women, they were because of the way they respectively talk about women. Yeah. We each think of them as the opposite way of what they really are. Al Calavici loved every woman he ever slept with at the time he slept I'm with. The, them. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I think that uh, at the risk of too much hate mail, uh, it should be stated <laughs> that we love Quantum Leap, <laughs> and, and Sam is our hero. But it's sometimes it is interesting, and there's a lot of value in in you know getting into that sort of stuff because I, it speaks to exactly what you were talking about what would they do today? What would an episode, you know, that they were writing about something similar, what would that look like now? And I think that's one of the things that the new show can answer, honestly. I I really think my guess is is the answer to this person's question from TikTok is I think they will probably avoid the issue for the first few episodes. Yeah. Um, And when, when they do finally address the issue, they will address it in a meaningful way. Yeah, uh, because we've thought about it. Other people thought about it. You know that the writers have thought about this as well, and they are going to have I, obviously handle this in a sensitive way. Yeah, and I think with our with our two main characters and their relationship and backstory, I think it provides a lot of interesting opportunities to have a conversation that takes it even a step further. Sure. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I do think that you're right. I think it th- that they will handle a situation, a similar situation. I don't think they're going to do it in a way that like looks back at the old show, you know, down its nose or whatever. They're I don't think, I don't it, think yeah. it's, there's not going to be any judgment, but I think that it's just the type of the type of situation type of question they'll be able to kind of handle in a, in a very different way. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. For for another uh, comment that we got on YouTube, I won't, won't read the entire thing, but LC commented just talking about uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Where, where we think Sam is now after mere image and what he mm. is doing now. And the fact that if Al dies or the government prevents Al from returning to the imaging chamber afterwards, like, like Sam is effectively abandoned and he's just kind of like left on his own uh, and basically Sam is left in a waiting for Godot situation. So mm-hmm. kind of like brings mm-hmm. his namesake around and somebody else on TikTok. Awesome asked reference, Elsie. Yeah. Um, they asked the same thing. Like, where do we think, where, where did Sam and Al go after the last episode? And I feel like we've talked about this on the show, Yeah, but I, I really do think that Cokesburg, Pennsylvania is the last time Sam and Al saw each other. I think that's the last contact that they had. Uh, okay. because to me like i i don't want to come back into this new series and find out that sam had a couple weird leaps where he leaped at himself then he started leaping back into other people again and then there was another like two or three years of of right because what, what do you do after that point exactly mirror image means much less if if sam's nature of leaping did not dramatically change from that point forward and a part of that is losing contact without yeah well, and, you know, it's one of the reasons why I was talking earlier about the idea that, you know, Sam would have more knowledge about where and when he was going yeah. and what he was doing. Uh, and I think that, you know, the Sam, you know, not that we're going to see him, disclaimer, 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 not that we won't see him, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. But I think that the Sam that's leaping now you know, concurrently with Ben, which how cool is that? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like there's two leapers out, which I mean, obviously there were more than one leaper, but that's besides the point. I think that, that there's, uh, an aspect of his character now that he would have had to have taken some breaks. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like I would absolutely see a scenario where Sam would just go somewhere quiet for a little while, you know, yeah. go back to Cokesburg and run the bar with Al. Um, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I, I still would have, would love to see 
that happened. You know, Ben walk into the bar and, and there's Sam behind the bar. Uh, but anyway, I, I think that, um, I think that the way that they approach, um, the aftermath of mirror image and how they handle that will be fascinating. I, I kind of agree with you. I think it's more interesting if they, you know, if, if Alan Sam did completely lose contact, um, I think it could motivate other characters perhaps in the show in, uh, very interesting ways, um, including magic, um, including some other characters, uh, and, and in particular what Al's struggle would have looked like after the fact, you know, cause one thing that we haven't talked about is that, um, you know, Al was in the Navy. Well, Magic's in the Navy. So, like, mm-hmm. they might have developed a relationship post-Sam, post-Mirror Image, based mm-hmm. off of the fact that, you know, Magic found out something or whatever, that I think we could get some really nice stuff through the words of Magic, Ernie Hudson, about what Al did afterwards. Yeah. Um, so I do think that they'll touch on that and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, think it'll be interesting to see the way that they, 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 they do. Um, we did mention kind of in our slight spoiler, but not entirely spoilerific pilot review that it is confirmed on screen in the pilot, uh, or not on screen, but on the page in the pilot that the character of Al had died about six months prior to yeah. Ben's first leap. Um, so, you know, that for what that's worth, yeah, they, they're, they're certainly not going to try and just have him be off screen or CGI sure. it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I do want to hear the story of like what it was like for Al to leave the project for the last time. Knowing that they had lost contact. Yeah. Oh, and, and, the, and the other thing too, that's worth mentioning is that there's every likelihood that Sam continuing to leap. He may have been a, he may have been leaping just as himself. You know, almost like we talked about eleven twenty two sixty three once upon a time on the podcast, and like you know how the main character in that in that book, like he travels through time, but he's himself. You know, he just kind mm-hmm. of starts a new life in the past. And I think that you know that that uh, the majority of Sam's post mirror image leaps, he probably did leap just as himself. I do think that there probably were occasions where he saw the benefit of leaping into someone and might have done it. And again, this isn't to imply that he's like omniscient or omnipotent in any way. I just think that there was enough he gained enough knowledge, you know, through leaping and through mirror image that he was able to have a little bit more control over what was happening for sure i think we're probably going to end up seeing a mix if they do yeah. bring sam back right like leaping as himself or leaping into people when he needed to leap into people and since we don't have a waiting room anymore and like the law of superposition whatever bam 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 we don't have to worry about whatever happened to sam's body sam's body and whatever is just they are there yeah yeah uh one more comment this is from audra audrey specific oddly specific with audra um, I, I, it's a longer comment, but I don't know how to distill it down to a couple sentences. I'm just going to read this entire thing. Uh, watching this episode now, it made me think of Bo Burnham. One of the basic triggers he capitalizes on is his comedy is doing crass, low-hanging jokes coupled in with very deep and meaningful points. And it's the extremes that highlight how good the good points are. He acts arrogant, then flashes self-deprecation. He does a fart joke, then talks about his existential crisis. I think part of the reason that Dean Stockwell hit his well as he did is because most of the show he was the spectacle to ground sam as the boy scout center sam believes in science al believes in ghosts sam is waiting for love before being romantic al can't get enough like uh quote in his life (laughs) all that is to say he is usually the comedy or the wild card in the narrative so when he is poignant or commanding it hits way harder than it may with another character so people watching just these episodes for the first time may not find it as compelling 
as the rest of us that grew up to expect lighthearted Al and sometimes got hit sideways with a heartbreak freight train. I mean, I think that's fair. I think we include enough episodes that that steer away from that version of Al that it wouldn't be that that wouldn't mm-hmm. be all that people would see if they followed the essentials. Sure. I, you know, and, and, and I think that, um, I mean, that's something that Shakespeare taught us, right? You know, it's like here's mm-hmm. a heavy scene, and then I'm going to wallop you with some, get you back into things with comedy. You know, here's a light scene, now I'm going to wallop you with some drama. Um, and Bo Burnham does do it incredibly well, uh, mm-hmm. also. Um, and I think that I think what you know Audra points out is absolutely right on the money. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to think, just in defense of the list, I'd like to think that there are enough moments, especially pre MIA, um, mm-hmm. that that's not the only owl that we're getting. And I would also say that, it, kind of in defense of that, that like think about uh, you know the first season as a whole, and think about you know the owl we got in Genesis, the owl we kind of saw in Color of Truth. Um, you know, the Al, uh, that we got, uh, in Honeymoon Express. And I think you still see, you know, even in those, in those early episodes, it wasn't, they weren't just setting Al to, you know, up to be that, that there, that there was more to it. And so I think that, yeah, there's enough, there's, there's enough in Genesis, there's enough in Kamikaze Kid, you know, that by the time you get to Honeymoon Express, um, you know, some of those more serious scenes, I, I, th- I think the groundwork has been laid that it's still okay, especially for a modern viewer. I don't know. It's a good point though. I mean, it's a great, it, it, it's a great point um, about mm-hmm. striking that balance. For sure. Yeah. And as someone, forgive me, I don't have the comment pulled up right now. I don't have our Facebook page pulled up. Uh, but, but someone commented on the other day talking about like the possibility of like, because we do have like Sam and Ben with some years of crossover leaping they brought up the episode nowhere to run where uh, Sam changes history. And they think that his son, that the leapies eventual son is not going to save the mission in the Gulf war, because that was the point of like saving the marriage. And so the, the, the person commented like, what if we find out in a later episode that Ben actually leaps into the sun in the Gulf war. And Ben is the one that saves the mission in the Gulf war. Right. Right. Uh, and I, I love the idea of like potential. Yeah, where where could Ben and Sam, uh, where could their actions cross paths? Yeah. if not, if not them, directly. I think it's a no brainer, right? And I think that the cool thing about it is is that you could do it with established leaps, right? Um, but you could also do it with, especially if part of you know Ben's mission, if the impetus for him doing all of this is to find Sam. Um, or figure, you know, figure out what, what was up with Sam, uh, that there's gotta be a point where he gets close, right? You know what I mean? There's gotta be, and again, I don't want some sort of gimmicky CGI filled fest, you know, trying to superimpose, you know, Raymond Lee into Jimmy or something like that. But I, (laughs) yeah, that's literally, literally guys, if, if by some chance, any of you, uh, producers, writers, et cetera, listen to this episode, please don't do that. Yeah. Leave Jimmy, (laughs) leave Jimmy alone. (laughs) But, Jimmy's legacy was punished <laughs> enough with deliver us from evil. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that um, it'll be cool to see. And I think that that's something that they'll have to do at some point. I mean, like if you, I mean, if we keep Ben within his own lifetime, we only have a handful of leaps in the, in right. the eighties for, you know, for it to really happen. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, be interested to see how they do that. Yeah. But we have, but we have fan wanked long enough. 
Uh, it's it's a Sunday before some Labor wildly Day. Wildly inappropriate things. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 a Sunday before Labor Day, so we're staying up late. Yeah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that until right before we started to record. Actually, oh yeah, oh, yeah, I know it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, yeah, I you know I, I will just say in, in closing, we've got one more week, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. one more episode to do before we get to the premiere. Um, you know, the premiere is, is going to be in two weeks, September 19th, uh, at 10 PM on NBC. That's Eastern time. Uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And I have absolutely no idea how we're going to talk about stuff next week because I mean, we're so close. I'm sure, sure there will be some new stuff that we'll get between now and then. I'm sure that there will probably be like another teaser or something, you know, some interviews, something that we yeah. can talk about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's wild to think that quantum leap will be back on the air and that the answers to so many questions will start to be answered. Um, and some of the stuff that, you know, I, I'm really actually looking forward and, and I say this with some hesitation just because I don't want it to sound like, Hey, we're so cool. We've got this or whatever, but like, I can't wait to start being able to have the conversations that you and I have wanted to have, you know, with our fellow fans about certain elements that, you know, hopefully still make it to screen because there are certain things where it's just sort of like, I really want to be able to have that conversation. I know. And, and again, you know, people talk like, if Scott Bakula is going to be in the show and like Carol Davis and, and the one email that she, that she wrote us and that we shared, it is very foolish as writers to tell us that the plot centers around finding Sam Beckett <laughs> and then to never find Sam Beckett. Yeah. If the show lasts long enough, right. We are going to get Scott Bakula back on the show in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, the, the one of two things, mm-hmm. either it's literally already happened and Scott has literally already filmed scenes and mm-hmm. we will see them, you know, within two, three, four five weeks mm-hmm. or yeah, the show is successful enough that eventually they have to get there. Right. You know, it's Chekhov's yeah. gun, you know, it's like, Sam Beckett is now Chekhov's gun. Like we're going to yeah. talk about him. We're going to set him up as the whole reason to be There's doing our this. So title, right? Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> Dropping so, sick beats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping <laughs> sick beats and Sam Beckett is Chekhov's gun. gun. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I just can't wait, and I'm so glad uh, that we're going to do like the the live watch along with the premiere episode because uh, I, I could think of no better place than to just be with like other fans of Quantum Leap uh, and watching you know, watching the episode, even if we're not going to be in the same room or whatnot. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it'll be super cool for sure. Yeah. So we're going to do like, uh, what, uh, what we're going to be doing like for, for the first episode details on that. But, but since this entire episode is about us expressing our excitement over the new series, uh, we, we have a former listener of this podcast who, uh, on their own doing, they had a very, public falling out with us and they are no longer a fan of our show uh they have picked a fight with this one successfully on twitter and for several weeks after they tried to pick fights with us and tagging us on the account uh i have to admit every once in a while i will go check out his account i've muted him but i will go check him out from my private account just to see what he says uh and, and a few days ago basically he posted a thing 
saying that we haven't gotten any new trailer for the new Quantum Leap. Basically, his opinion that he thinks it's going to suck. But all of the podcasts, instead of talking honestly about that, we're all being shills for the network uh, because we're all tripping <laughs> because we're all tripping over each other because we want to get the exclusive that the other podcasts don't get. Uh, that was a, I would love to get some exclusives. I would love to. I would, I would, I would love to get some exclusives. I will admit that. Uh, but this whole thing about like us not expressing and not, us not quote telling the truth uh, because we're not speaking honestly about how troubled the new show is uh all i can say is uh chris and i'm guess you're listening chris if you're listening uh just stop just stop (laughs) uh i can tell you with 100 percent honestly i am genuinely excited about this show uh if it ends up sucking i will be the first to say that i think it sucks uh but i'm not just shilling for my own self-promotion and self-gain and hoping to get to, to to talk to people involved with the show i am just 12-year-old me is incredibly excited with the show. 22-year-old me, who still had hope. 32-year-old me, who still had hope, but a little less so, is incredibly excited about this show. Uh, so I say all that to say just, uh, yeah, our, our excitement is not fake, and it does not come from a disingenuous place. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does not. And I, and, and I think that, you know, anyone that listens to the podcast and comes with an open mind would absolutely hear that there are plenty of things that we've expressed concern over or we've taken a critical eye to um, because that's who we've always been. Uh, to the point that, like, there are some early, you know, there's some stuff in season one and season two when we were first recording that I definitely, like, took the piss out of, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, 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 but to me, I would hope that, you know, there's some people that have, quite frankly, criticized us for doing too much of that, for being mm-hmm. too critical of the show. You know, it's like, you're not, you don't even love this show you're talking about. It. And it's like, no, we, we, we love it. We put all this time and effort into making a podcast about it for absolutely no gain whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's not true. It's provided a lot of enjoyment and, and, and to feel a small part of, you know, of a community of fans that have been carrying a torch for such a long time is super cool. And we've met some amazing and incredible people, including the people on some of those other podcasts. And I don't care. I, I mean, there's plenty of times when Matt has like said, Matt Dale has sent us information that he found completely on his own, scooped everybody, you know, just got like, and I have, and I've been so excited for it and I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, yeah, okay. it's, it's 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 a fun little competition, but you know sometimes between us, right, 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 right. <laughs> Which I know that ultimately we're probably going to lose because they are the Quantum Leap podcast <laughs> and they've been around forever, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's 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 fun. It keeps us on our toes and whatever. But at the end, like we're, we're all geeking out and we're all sharing information with each other. Well, that hits on it, right? It keeps us on our toes, but it, 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 in a way that. Uh, you know, I think that they make us a better podcast mm-hmm. because we know that there's there's another outlet there for people. And and given the the time that people have on their hands, if they're picking a Quantum Leap podcast, there's a good chance they're only going to pick one. Yeah. Now, I would hope that they pick them all, not just because sure. I want them all to listen to us, but because I think that there's awesome stuff happening in other podcasts. Yeah. Um, 
But I fully acknowledge that we are the sports night of Quantum Leap podcasts. Dude, I will wear that badge (laughs) fucking proudly. Are you kidding me? I love that show. Uh, Started watching We Own the City, which Josh Charles is also in, plays a completely different character than Dan. But man, Mm -hmm. I still I still love him. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I I think that, you know, all of what you said earlier, uh, the the last thing that I'll add is is that, uh, you know, for me, I would hope that the times that we're hypercritical of the show or we don't say super flattering things about the show whether we're talking about the classic series or if the you know becomes true of the new series in any way that 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 will lend to some amount of credibility so that when we talk about how absolutely incredible something is and how great it is that people can actually listen to that and be like wow they must have really really liked that because when they didn't like it they told us mm-hmm. um and 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 that is why i have expressed my doubt and my concerns about some of the changes that have been made but overall same as you, super excited, super over the moon, cannot wait to see it and then give it, a, you know, our, our honest opinion. Um, I will never, ever be a shill for a, you know, a network, a show or anything like that. That's, I'm not good at it. It's the reason why I hated that Star Trek Discovery after podcast talk show that they did that was so incredibly awful and was clearly just them, you know, glad handing and stroking one of their off for 30 minutes. It was, and, and I hated the host, but that's all beside the point. Anyway, uh, I, 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 it's just not in my DNA and, 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 and what I don't want though is I don't want to become overly cynical and I don't want to be, um, miserable. And the last thing I'd want to do is spread any kind of poison in the community or the fandom, because, uh, I think that that's just harmful. It's toxic. And it's the type of behavior that leads to all sorts of problematic elements that happen in all sorts of fandoms. So yes, I'm going to give you my opinion and, and, and there are some things I might not like, but overall I'm going to try to keep it optimistic. I'm going to try to keep it kind hearted and I'm going to try to keep it fun because who the hell wants to listen to something that's not fun for, you know, however long we've been talking. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I have no idea. What we're going to, we have no idea what we're going to talk about next week uh, for the actual premiere of the show. We're not going to do an episode that Sunday. Uh, we're going to do a live watch party Monday night when the series premieres, don't know what venue yet that we're going to do it. Uh, whatever venue we choose, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Zoom, um, all of our uh, patrons, you will get a link to join like at least a day or two in advance. It'll come in your email um, and, and you will have that way to <clears throat> uh, to join us for the live watch party. Uh, we'll all watch it live. Everyone will be muted. <laughs> so that nobody, you know, <laughs> no, no talking. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, we will do probably like a like a thirty minute wrap up afterwards. That will also double as our podcast episode uh, for the week. Uh, you're welcome to stay on or whatever. Um, and whatever the venue that we do, we're going to be recording it. So if you're not able to join us live for the thing, you can still you, you can you can still get like like the live. I don't know why you want to like watch the live watch party after the fact uh but you'll be able to get everything after the fact yeah uh for patrons we will drop our episode on tuesday and drop it out to the general public on thursday um and again even if you donate just one dollar a month you're on the list if you give us a one-time donation just one dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, uh, you are you are, you are on the list. Uh, you'll get the link, and then as far as other content that comes out, we will we'll be working on that. But that's uh, but that's how it's going to go. Um, and then yeah, I, I, I we you know we, we talked about it before. It seems like from one report that this episode is only ten seasons. I don't know if it's going to be ten 
or I'm um, ten se- ten episodes. Yeah, I, I saw the look. I said I, the episode is ten seasons, and I was just like, I'm not going to correct him. No, no, no. I saw the I saw the look on your face. Um, the season is only going to be ten episodes. We don't know if they're going to be spread out over several weeks. Right. We don't know if it's just going to be ten episodes, bam, 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 or or what it's going to be. Uh, we don't know if we're going to do live watch parties for every single one. We'll do them for as many as we can. Um, but I think I think our plan is always to have like a thirty minute or so uh, recap that drops for patrons on Tuesday and then for the general public on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably should put that in written form for the people who drop out. <laughs> anyway, if you've been we listening will. to us for this long, thank you so much. We should get out of here. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, again, uh, I cannot wait for September 19th. Um, if you are unable, for whatever reason, to watch it live uh, on September 19th, of course, you will be able to stream it the very next day on Peacock, um, which I think will be a great resource for everyone. It'll certainly help us to rewatch the episodes, uh, which I know that I will, I'm sure, be doing uh, in order to hopefully talk a little bit better about them. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm so looking forward to it, and uh, we'll... Mm. You know, continue to to have the weekly podcast, uh, but as the episodes are airing, that will be our weekly podcast. So we won't necessarily be doing revisited or, or anything like that. Um, but we'll still have plenty to talk about, and eh, there still might be a few extra episodes here or there if if, if something momentous occurs that we need to to address. Um, sure. But yeah, in, in the meantime, I think it's definitely time to leap out of here. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. Leap responsibly. And uh, we'll be back next week with something. <laughs> something. Anyway, I don't know. All right. <laughs> By George Harrison week, and the Beatles. Uh, yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. If I'm not there